This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. You know how you feel so great after you clean out your closet? You know that feeling when you purge and then your closet looks all nice and neat and it greets you every day? Like, how can I help you? I'm your closet. I love that feeling. Or maybe it's how you feel after you like clean the basement and you get rid of clutter and you're like, what was I doing with this stuff? Let's move that along. Today, let's turn an eye and an ear and a heart to cleaning up our friendships. Our guest is Florence Ann Romano. She is a personal growth strategist, and she wrote a book called Build Your Village, A Guide to Finding Joy and Community in Every Stage of Life. We love our friends, right? Most of them. But take a minute and think about where you could be experiencing the effects of a toxic friendship. Sometimes it takes us a really long time to see things that we don't like in our friendship and to allow ourselves to fix them. But think about if there's a friend that you really don't trust all that much. Or if there's a situation where you are always giving more than you are receiving. Do you have friends who frequently ignore your boundaries? Do you allow them to do that? I may have told you, for years I had a very dear close friend that I still love very much. But whenever I was with her, I found myself doing something I didn't want to do in a place I didn't want to be in. Only every single time. And it took me so long to say, yeah, I love you, but, you know, from over here. Because we don't do life the same way. We spend our energy in very different ways. Think about the friends you really don't enjoy spending time with anymore. And think about the friendships where you're always compromising yourself. When they start bad-mouthing somebody else or jump on the gossip train and you kind of have to do that fake smile like, yeah, mm, right? These are all signs of a toxic friendship. You love them, but dot, dot, dot. Florence Ann Romano says, once you notice a toxic relationship, you may want to prepare for a conversation. First, you might want to talk to another friend or even a professional for support. Then you should write down everything you think you want to say. Be really honest. Be really clear. Gosh, it's so strange about this. When you start speaking your truth, even just writing it down, bam, the courage is right there behind it. Courage is right there. It comes. When you get clearer and clearer and clearer about what you will and will not tolerate, mm, it just starts ringing like a bell, this truth. So today we're going to think about if it might be time for you to be honest and clear about your decision on a friendship, and if you can take care of yourself before, during, and after a tough conversation like this. And what I hope today's conversation brings us to is a place where we reach out and create the friendship village that helps us thrive. Reach out to those friends that really support you, the ones that you love, the ones that love you back, and make time to spend time or even just get on the phone for a little bit. Florence Ann Romano reminds us that being part of this kind of a village is as much give as it is take. So we have to bring ourselves to this party too. We've got to invest time and heart space to our friends. And you know, there's circles within circles. There's the inner circle that might be just you and one other friend. Then there's the next circle that might be you and your posse, right? Three or four friends. 
Then there's the next circle, which, I don't know, maybe that's the rest of the world. And Florence Ann Romano has this idea that in your village of friends, there could be six different types of beneficial characters. They're accepting, dependable, communicator, cheerleader, organizer, and healer. The whole point is that once you read kind of a little bit about each of them, you start to identify who you think you are and the people that you have in your life that fulfill those roles, and then identify the gaps uh, where maybe you don't have those people and you need to find that support. And also, how do you show up for people in the villages that you're a part of? Um, So it's it's not meant to be a heavy lift for people. It's meant to be enlightening and eye-opening to really figure out how you can be more supportive and and less lonely in this world. Give me the six again, please, Florence Ann. Accepting, dependable, communicator, cheerleader, organizer, and healer. Uh, I'm going to say that you and I are both communicators and cheerleaders. (laughs) I would say so, too, yes. And I think that, you know, in our lives, we probably vacillate between, you know, certain roles uh, depending on the season of our lives. You know, sometimes you're not capable of fulfilling the roles that come naturally to you based on what's going on in your life. Sometimes you just can't show up for people in that way, and that's okay. Maybe that's when you said, you know what, I can't be the cheerleader right now, but I certainly can be the healer or I can be the communicator. Um, So I think that's the beauty of it, too, is understanding that, you know, we are constantly changing and adapting, um, and we also have to show people the same amount of grace, too, for what they're going through in their lives and how it may change for them, how they show up for us. Okay. Accepting, dependable, cheerleader, organizer, communicator, healer. It would be nice if we had one of each in our personal village. Is that it? It would be. I mean, and and I'm not saying you have to run out there right now and find all six of these people, and if you don't have them, then you're screwed, and if you don't have, you know, a village, you don't have people. But it it is well-rounded, I think, to have all six of those people. And also remember, people can wear more than one hat. You may have five people that fulfill the role of healer, and you may decide, you know what, I'm okay right now with four out of the six. I'm doing just fine. So I'm not sitting here telling you that it's six or nothing, um, or, you know, that that you're somehow failing in life if you don't have it. But if you're feeling like you're disconnected or you're feeling like you're not supported or you're waking up with that loneliness or that feeling of depletion or disconnection. There might be a reason and this is a way to explore maybe where the gap is. I like this very much, but what do we do when maybe someone comes into our village and we realize they're not the best thing? This might fall under the toxic relationship header. What do we do? How do we recognize? Tell me that story. Toxic relationships come in all shapes and forms. And, you know, I think people automatically hear toxic relationship and they apply that to a romantic relationship. And, of course, that can happen. But I think platonic friendships um, also can fall under this category. I've certainly been there in my life where there are friendships I've had to I've had to let dissolve. Um, and, you know, think about this. When, you're, when you see your phone ring and a certain name comes up and you kind of roll your eyes or you have to take a deep breath and prepare for that conversation or you're like, oh, God, I'm this person texting me again and I'm starting to feel, you know, a little run down and uh, my energy, you know, is low when I have to talk to this person. Or perhaps this person doesn't make you feel good about who you are. Perhaps their their humor uh, hits the wrong way or they're a little unkind or they're not putting as much time into the relationship that you are and you feel like you're the one that's giving, giving, giving and it's not reciprocated. These are all signs that you could be part of a relationship uh, really that is that is not healthy for you. 
world. And I think sometimes just realizing that, the awareness, mm-hmm. seeing it, really seeing it, that can take a long time. It can take a long time. And and you shouldn't feel bad about the fact that you allow something to go on longer than you should have. And I say that only because hindsight is twenty twenty. We would all do tons of things differently if we had the clarity that we walked in with. But we don't. So sometimes it does take time to discover that the relationship is not working. And I also feel like it shows the compassion in all of us. I mean, to a certain extent, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, stay in a toxic place for too long before it really starts to do damage to you. But certainly you don't want to pull the ripcord too soon either, where you want to give someone a chance. Everyone's human. People make mistakes. People have bad days. Um, So it's really navigating that in a compassionate way. But then once you have to make that decision, making that decision with conviction, but also knowing that you can say what you mean and not necessarily say it mean. Uh, and, and and you can make your point and you can stand up for yourself. And that conversation with whoever that toxic person is, is going to look different. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even a conversation. One of my tests, if a, a friendship, you know, perhaps, you know, the person is putting in more, you're putting in more time than they are. If you don't answer your phone as much, or don't text back quite as often or, you know, as quickly, and that person just all of a sudden disappears without fighting for the friendship or, you know, trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with you, then that kind of tells you, too, that that relationship was really very one-sided and they just were looking to get something from you and they moved on to the next person to get what they needed. Right, right. We're talking to Florence and Romano. We're talking about oh, all kinds of things, relationships, friendships, building your village. Say what you mean and not say it mean. Oh, I like that. I need a little (laughs) practice with that. (laughs) Have you ever seen this when two people are really great friends and then one of them has a major life change and then they don't fit anymore? I I see it all the time. You know, I I had a friend who fit into that category where, you know, we were so, so, so close. And then she ended up going through uh, quite a bit in her personal life. And I tried to, to be there for her as much as I could. But she kind of wanted to disassociate herself with a lot of the... Uh, previous connections that she had in her life and kind of wanted to start over and really let that relationship with me, you know, crash and burn. And it was very painful, but it's what she needed at the time. Years later, she and I had a conversation about it and she actually apologized for how she handled it. But that is an example and a, a, you know, a painful example sometimes of people going through things in their life and they're unable to to grow with you, be with you, you know, still maintain that relationship with you. And that's a very severe example, I would say, you know, but there's also the the possibility that you and a friend are going to experience this together, that your lives just, you know, go down two different paths. They always say there's, you know, friendship is a reason, a season, and a lifetime. And that's true. And you also don't need to feel bad about that. Sometimes people come into your life for just that season, and that's okay. And you can accept the fact that that's when they 
they were um, a part of your life and present and helped you and whatever it is, and then you move on. Um, and it doesn't make it bad or wrong. Uh, I think we all can look back in our lives and think, oh, you know what, that was a season, and now I do understand the reason. And those of us that have those friends for a lifetime, that's wonderful too. But the whole point of life is that we are open to these different pockets and these nooks and crannies of relationships and support and all of all of that goodness of life and not necessarily categorizing it as um, a failure if those relationships don't make it for <laughs> for the long haul. That's just not what that's not what relationships are always supposed to be. Are you watching Firefly Lane? You know what? I am not, but I know I do know it, and I think I have. Have I watched? I think is that what's um what's her? Oh gosh, now uh, Catherine Heigl yep. is that the Catherine Heigl one? Mm-hmm. I watched the first season, so no, I'm not. I'm not caught up though, but I do know at least that much. <laughs> Their friendship. So for people who don't know, I think it's based on a book, and it's on Netflix. And I'm just finishing up season two now. It's a friendship between two women, and it spans you know a, a couple of decades of their lives. And their friendship is the kind of friendship I think everyone would love to have. Like, you know, Gail and Oprah, that super best Mm -hmm. friend who's there Mm -hmm. for everything. And they talk about everything. But even with a relationship like that, I can watch the show and see shades where it's not always the healthiest and it's not always the cleanest it's like they 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 kind of feed off each other what are the signs of a strong and healthy friendship go to the opposite of kind of what we were talking about earlier is that you don't want to be in a relationship with someone where again they're calling you and you you're like I don't want to deal with this today and you know you roll your eyes at it and you want someone that's going to support you that's going to build you up friendships are not there to always give you what you need when you need it on your time that's I mean I think we all have to understand that that everyone is busy in life and also everybody speaks a different language in terms of support and love so that's also part of finding out whether a friendship works for you you have to understand how that friend communicates and how that person shows up and and what their way of doing that is and if it doesn't work for you then you have to speak up I see you know it's funny. I think when we when we have to talk about the idea of you know getting what we need, uh, we also forget about the flip side of the coin. Is that you know we have to do that evaluation too about how we're giving that person what they need too. It can't just be all about us. Uh, and I think oftentimes in the world today we get caught up in me, me, me. Um, and we and in order for a friendship to work, it does have to be a two way street. But you know I'll tell you one funny thing. He's that I talk about with my best friend and we make a joke and I go, listen, you're not allowed to be a mess at the same time that I'm a mess. <laughs> exactly right. So, you know, and so, and it actually very funnily works out that way where it, it, it kind of does balance that way. Um, and you know what? It's also okay if someone needs a little bit more love and support than you do right now and you're not keeping score. That's also a huge part of friendship. If you're sitting there thinking, I have this outstanding debt of support, be, uh, you know, because this person had to show up for me, you know, when I had a death in the family or, you know, I was going through a really hard time while I was going on my fertility journey or whatever it may be. If you're sitting there thinking, when am I going to repay this? 
then what type of friendship are you in? I mean, that's that's not the way to look at friendship at all. And I do think oftentimes people do play that tit for tat game. So if you're if you are in a relationship like that or a friendship like that, you have to ask yourself: Am I putting this? on the friendship, this pressure on the friendship. Is it coming from her or coming from him? Or am I doing this in my head because I'm so afraid to ask for help or to, or to seem weak or whatever it is? Asking for help is such a hard, hard thing for people to do in this world, and that affects our friendship so greatly. So listen, Florence Ann Romano, I want to be perfectly clear with you. I never want to have these kind of conversations with friends. Yeah. <laughs> No, no one does. Yeah. I don't think anyone does. But, no, but if you have to do it, right. you know, I hope these are these are helpful ways to do it where you feel like you can stand up for yourself, but also go to sleep at night knowing that you handled it the right way, handled yourself the right way and did it with kindness. I didn't even know until meeting you that it's possible. I'm entertaining the thoughts now of having conversations that might sound like, hey, you know, things have been awkward between us. I'm sorry I haven't been able to be there for you during this time. And our friendship means a lot. But we're obviously going through some sort of shift here. Like these are all things that potentially a person could say, right? Absolutely. And the self-awareness, too, is part of that. And then that's something we all have to work on. Um, But being honest, being vulnerable about the fact that um, we're going through something right now or or you're experiencing something in the friendship on their end that's not jiving with you, that's hurting you, that's making you feel bad, whatever it is, that's hard to do. Very hard to be honest about that. And you know what? It's funny. I think in romantic relationships, maybe we're a little bit more uh, vocal, perhaps, to our partner about why we're unhappy about something they do or say. But in friendships, we, we tread a little more lightly. We tiptoe around it a bit more. But um, And I'm not saying that's a hard and fast rule. Certainly, you know, not in every romantic relationship are you, <laughs> you addressing how you feel. But for some reason, it always feels like that's a more appropriate landscape to do it than a friendship. And I guess I'm here to say that you have to stand up for yourself the same way in a platonic relationship as well. Yeah. My husband tells me all the time, he's like, honey, if you would just talk to everybody else the way you talk to me, you'd get your message out there loud and clear because he doesn't get away with anything. But he has to listen to me complain about other people. And he's like, why don't you speak up for yourself? It's like, I don't know. I'll just come home and tell you. Right, but you know what? That's safe for you. That's a place that you go to vent, and you feel like you accomplish, you know, perhaps maybe getting it out that way and start of having that conversation with the person that you're just not ready to address or you don't want to rock the boat. I understand that we all have that person that we vent to, but there does seem to be um, a, a harder page to turn uh, sometimes when it comes to friendships and having difficult conversations, and uh, it depends on your relationship with the person. I suppose about how confident you are about being able to speak up for yourself. But again, delivery is key. I I think that above anything else here, it's important for people to understand. You know, prepare yourself for that conversation. You want to be as articulate and concise as possible. Um, And you want to be able to come at it with some sort of discerning heart and understanding heart um, to be able to hopefully have what is a meaningful conversation and then get to the bottom of whatever is going on if this is a relationship relationship that you want to continue. But you've got to make 
that decision for yourself. If you're already like, no way, I, I'm done. I really am done with this. Then that's also going to depend. That's also going to, excuse me, um, indicate how you're going to have that conversation. You have to go in with your talking points and ready to know what you want the outcome to be. So is it a conversation or is it, is it you know, you, you know uh, something very final? Is it dissolving something? So uh, that, that's important to remember, too, about you coming to terms with the outcome that you want. What do you think in terms of COVID and how we isolated and uh, did friendships get better or did they get worse? Strangely, and I guess not so strangely, uh, we're still dealing with uh, the, the consequences of that. We're in what they are considering a loneliness epidemic. Uh, and I, I really do believe and confirm you know, what the studies and data are saying about how people are are still disconnected and how they're feeling a very uh, palpable um, effect on their mental and emotional health. And I always say what was funny was we kind of came out of hibernation after COVID and not only did we kind of not know how to connect with people again, kind of like newborn babies, we didn't know what was going on. We kind of didn't want to. We wanted to stay in our yoga pants and watch Netflix and really not have to engage with anyone. That felt easier. It felt safer. And I think we're still finding a way to come out of that. And and, and also to me what has been very interesting is the mental health uh, data that's out there, you know, how, met, how many people are suffering and how many people are feeling lonely and isolated and disconnected. Uh, it's astounding. But also what's even worse is a lot of these people know that they're feeling this way, but they're not sure actually how to go about changing it. I always say, you know, I can sit here and give you all the tools and the tips and the tricks and the directions to, you know, building this community and building this village, uh, but you have to get in the car and drive there after I give you the directions. I have to. I have to. You have to. <laughs> you, do. you do. You have to. I mean, unless if you want something to change, right? You know, there's that saying, um, you know, I... If you want something different than you've ever had before, then you're going to have to do something different than you've ever done before. And so you have to really look at how much you want something to change. And I'm not saying, again, you have to go out there and find 100 friends, and that is all of a sudden going to make you feel like you're a fulfilled person. Because some of the busiest people I know are the loneliest, Casey. That's the truth. So it's about the quality versus quantity. And it's about figuring out what works for you, too. How do you like to connect? Because not everybody does that the same way. You're wonderful. Where do we go for more information about you? I'm all over social media, Florence Ann Romano. I answer every DM or you can go to my website. My book, Build Your Village, is there, FlorenceAnn.com. Florence Ann Romano, FlorenceAnn.com. Go build your village. And I want to say this. Please don't be lonely. Please don't be lonely. Ladies, join our Facebook group of Circle of Women. Come to an event. Hop on a Zoom with us. I know it's a little bit scary, but we're a great group, so don't be lonely. Guest after guest after guest continue to tell me loneliness is epidemic in our country. Now, if everybody could just raise chickens like me, that would take care of that. Can't be lonely with eight chickens. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Monday, October 16th, we have our final Zoom of the year. We Zoom every month from January to October. It's just a 45-minute Zoom. And we take off November and December because, you know, we have to. 
November 1st, a Wednesday night. We're going to get together in Verplank for an evening of messages from psychic mediums. Get all the details at caseysplace.com, K-A-C-E-Y-S-P-L-A-C-E, caseysplace.com. Our thought for the day is from Spanish novelist Carlos Ruiz Zafón, who wrote, I don't suppose you have many friends, neither do I. I don't trust people who say they have a lot of friends. It's a sure sign they don't really know anyone. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on. Shine on.